Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up and welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson riding solo today here. As the Pelicans get set to head to Toronto and take on the Raptors tomorrow night, the Pelicans and Raptors will be the first game of the regular season. Pelicans had the weekend off to get ready to go. And finally, we're here as rosters were narrowed down to 17, if you include the two-way players. So the Pelicans do release Javon Best, Jalen Adams, and Cavell Bigby-Williams. Josh Gray and Zylan Cheatham will be your two-way players. And, of course, 15 guys for the Pelicans as they head into the regular season against the Raptors. Of course, it'll be banner night and ring ceremony night inside Scotiabank Arena. We're going to get a Toronto perspective on what the atmosphere is expected to be like tomorrow night with Doug Smith, who covers the Raptors for over two decades with the Toronto Star. Um, He says it's going to be really emotional. Of course, I'll play that for you in just a few minutes, Um, but it's going to be a really exciting ball game tomorrow night. Of course, Pelicans are uh, all too familiar with a banner night. A few years ago, the Pelicans opened up at Golden State, so they were there for that. So um, they should. Some of those guys should have a kind of a feel for what to expect. But of course, it's going to be a lot of ex- distractions, a lot of emotions, a lot of pregame ceremonies. But of course, we'll be there to cover it. You can watch it nationally on TNT. You can listen locally on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans, and also the Pelicans radio network. So yes. A big busy weekend, or busy week, I should say, for the Pelicans. Again, tomorrow night against the Raptors, and the home opener on Friday night against the Dallas Mavericks, and then a quick trip to Houston to back-to-back on Saturday night to take on the new-look Houston Rockets with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Tomorrow night's game should be fun, too. After Pelicans-Raptors is the battle of the L.A. teams with the Clippers and the Lakers. Of course, Clippers will be without Paul George, but still Kawhi Leonard. With his new team, of course, we'll get his ring once he returns to Toronto, taking on Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So a great doubleheader for you, and it's really cool to see the Pelicans open up the regular season on national television. Their first two games will be on national television. Again, Friday's game will also be on ESPN, but that one we encourage you to watch locally on Fox Sports New Orleans. All right, joining me now is Doug Smith, who covers the Toronto Raptors for the Toronto Star. And according to his Twitter bio, he's been covering the team for a couple decades. And Doug, I'm guessing last year's was probably one of your favorite ones, don't you think? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But you know, you hear players that they say that they don't realize how hard it is, how hard work it takes to win a championship. It takes as much hard work to cover a championship. Let me tell you that. It's a, that's a long, grueling two and a half extra months on a season. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about it. You know, at the beginning of the year, you know, you get or you get the Kawhi Leonard trade, and everyone's thinking, all right, the Raptors have a, have a good shot here of competing. Um, when it, at what moment last year do you think, man, this team has a good chance of winning the title? I think it was shortly after they obtained Marcus Gasol in February at the trade deadline. They saw the team was really good before, but they saw a, a different level of 
basketball intelligence and ball movement and the, the style of play just to, it just sort of ramped up in February, March. And I think by, by the middle of March, after Mark had been here a month, I think people really started to think, wow, this is a pretty special group of players. Did, did everyone expect the departure of Kawhi Leonard? I know it was kind of up in the air. You know, of course, Toronto was very happy that they won a championship. How was the, I guess, the team, or I guess the city after, knowing that Kawhi did choose to go to Los Angeles? Uh, I think there, was, there wasn't a sense of inevitability to it, but yeah, we, had, we had thought all last season that the Los Angeles was going to beckon and beckon hard, and he went home to play. I think, I think if he had just sort of blown off the Raptors to go play somewhere else for some more money, there might have been issues, but having delivered the championship and then making it very clear that he wanted to go home, I think people were were okay with that. I think they really appreciate what he brought to the team and what he did for the franchise last year, but I think they can understand a, a guy at his, in his prime with a young family wanting to go play close to his house. So, And I don't think people begrudge him of that as opposed to if he'd just sort of blown them off to go play for another team somewhere. And uh, let's talk about tomorrow night a little bit. The Pelicans are, um, this is not the first time that they'll be um, facing a team that is having their banner and ring night. Um, they played the Gold State Warriors a few years ago and they did the same thing. But this is my first time doing it. And I know just by watching uh, last year on TV, the atmosphere at Scotiabank Arena and also outside at Jurassic Park. Um, from what you've been able to gather, what can we expect tomorrow night there at Scotiabank? Oh, I think it's going to be hugely emotional. It's the 25th, 25th year of the franchise, so there's that historical moment to it. There is the first championship ever. As you saw last year in May and June, there's the outpouring of emotion from fans was really unprecedented. And I think you'll see 10,000 people around the arena, another 20,000 people in the arena. And it's going to be really, really emotional. And I think a very, you know, the parade attracted 2 million people, but that was in June. And the, the summer has passed, and I think people are starting to get ramped up again. I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, to feeling the emotion in the crowd because it, it, it's like an escape for them. Uh, you know, they'll get to relive the greatest basketball moment in Raptors history. How hard is it to get a ticket right now to tomorrow's game? Well, I suppose if you want to mortgage your house and maybe sell <laughs> one of your children, you could probably get a good seat. But there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people spend a lot of money to get in the building just to sort of just to feel the vibe and be in the in the collective around the team. Now, there's a in past, you know, it seems like the home team has had a little bit of trouble actually playing in the game just due to everything going on before the game with the ring ceremony and the, and the banner night. Um, I don't know if the Raptors have touched on this, but do you see something like that, maybe not a lull, but is, is that something that you believe in something that because of all this is happening that, you know, once the game starts, it might be a little hard for them to kind of get things going or with this team, it's a little different. Yeah. You know, I could, I could absolutely see them being a little bit too ramped up at the start, but it is in some ways an older team, you know, Lowry and Gasol and Baca, they've been around a long time. Uh, and of course they'll be overwhelmed. And I think the kids like Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, Norm Powell, They'll be, uh, Fred Van Vliet probably even will be really super charged up. But I don't think it'll take them long to calm down and realize that, okay, it's a basketball game, let's go play it. Because I really think they want to show quickly in the season that they are much more than just a bunch of guys who played around Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's going to be a very telling 
aspect to the way they handle themselves in October, November, and, and probably into December. I know this team has expectations on competing for another Eastern Conference championship. As far as what maybe some of the local media is saying, national media, what are expectations for the Raptors this year without Kawhi? You at you are not without Danny. You're without Danny Green as well, but the rest of your team pretty much stayed intact. Uh, what are some expectations for the Raptors this season? Well, I think they think they're very good, and I think they still, I still see them in the top three in the East with Milwaukee and Philadelphia right there. And I don't, I don't think. I think, I think they, the one thing they've come to realize is that building toward the end of the year is, is the most important thing. And I think they're veteran enough. They're, they're very, very good. There's no question about it. Now, they don't have Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green is a big loss, but this is still a very good basketball team of seasoned veterans who have been through it. I fully expect them to be right there in the, in the mix in May and June again. It will depend on who's healthy. Who does? Who's playing well? If they do anything in February at the trade deadline, but going into the season, they're as confident as they've ever been that they are right there with the very best of East. Speaking of being healthy, Kyle Lowry did not play in any of the preseason with the finger injury. I'm guessing that was more precaution than anything. Any uh, lingering effects of that heading into the in the regular season, or you think he should be good to go? Well, you know, Kyle's 33 years old. He's going to ease into the season anyway, and. You know, he hasn't really done much since he had the thumb surgery in July. and He told us on immediate day he's going to slow roll into the year. So it's going to take him a little while, but I think he's smart enough to make up for any conditioning issues or timing issues to be able to play well. I don't think he'll play great until probably January, February. But I think he's he's a kind of – he's a veteran in that he's sort of sneaky good. He doesn't need to run fast or jump high or – get a bunch of shots to make an impact on the game. And I think you'll see him sort of ease into the season, but he's going to have to be huge for him when it counts. Another guy that'll have to be huge for the Raptors is Pascal Siakam, who got a nice little extension and paycheck um, this weekend. Um, I had a feeling that was coming and well-deserved. Um, what did you see from Pascal last year that you thought maybe, wow, this kid actually has a chance to be pretty special? I think the one thing that jumped out, last year was his ball handling and decision-making abilities that we didn't see ever in his first two years. He's become this sort of all-over-the-court force. He can lead the break. He can get in the paint and kick the ball kick the ball out to open shooters. And he gives him that aspect of versatility. gives this team a whole different look. And I think he's going to get more responsibility that way this year. I think he'll get a lot more. Now, they don't run a lot of isolation stuff because they, they like to move the ball and get the opening shot and, and pass up a good shot for a better one. But I think when it comes down to the time where you need one guy to get you one bucket, he's going to get the ball to go do it. It's going to be interesting to see if he can because teams will be absolutely focused on him. But there's been nothing in his growth so far that suggests he won't be able to handle it as the season goes on. Let's talk about tomorrow night's game for a little bit. Um, I know Zion Williamson won't be playing for the Pelicans, and not that I was going to affect the crowd for Toronto tomorrow anyways based on what was going to be happening with the ring ring and the banners and all that stuff. Um, But kind of being on the outside, trying to get as many perspective on this team as possible, when you see the Pelicans, you know, what what are your thoughts on them as they head into the regular season as well? Well, I think the Pelicans are – they got a chance to be really good and really fun to watch. I think – you know, it's, it's a crushing blow that Zion's not going to play because I think everybody wants to see what he could do at real NBA speed 
in person for the only time this season. And that's going to, some people are going to be very, because that didn't happen, very disappointed, I suppose. But I think what they see in the Pelicans is a little bit what they saw in the Raptors maybe six, five, six years ago, a good young group that's going to grow together and are really dangerous because they don't know what they don't know. They're just going to go play and play hard. I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to be a huge hit here, I think. I think people around the league are going to like him real quickly, and I think people in Toronto are really really eager to see what kind of game he has. Were you able to see him any uh, when he was there as far as Toronto, just knowing him, or is it more just uh, um, you saw what he can do at Virginia Tech and kind of what he's done for us in the preseason? Up here, it's more word of mouth. We didn't see him play an awful lot because he didn't spend a lot of time up here playing high school or AU before even but I think people started to pay attention to him. So I guess the middle of the college season last year, and then in the summer league this year and the preseason, people got really jazzed about him. You know, we've seen Shea play a bit. We've seen him a year in the league. And I think everybody's kind of looking forward to seeing what other aspects of the game he might have. He looks like a very exciting uh, get-it-and-go kind of player, and I think people will, will gravitate towards watching him that way. That's Doug Smith, who covers the Toronto Raptors for the Toronto Star. You can follow him on Twitter, at SmithRaps. Doug, I really appreciate it, um, and I'll uh, see you tomorrow. Should be a fun atmosphere tomorrow night, that's for sure. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to having a really exciting, odd kind of night. There he goes, and here we go. As the Pelicans get set to take on the Toronto Raptors, we finally made it to the regular season. Tomorrow night inside Scotiabank Arena, where the Raptors will get their rings, and a banner will be displayed proudly inside Scotiabank Arena in the Raptors. And the Pelicans will look to kind of spoil their parade or rain on their parade, as we should say, um, tomorrow night. Nationally, you can watch it on TNT, 7 o'clock Central. You can also listen on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans and the entire Pelicans radio network presented by Smoothie King. You can get that information on pelicans.com. We'll have a full hour of pregame coverage for you on the flagship station starting at 6 o'clock with Pelicans walkthrough with Gus Cattengale. I'll have Pelicans warm-up for you at 6.30. And then Todd and I will have the call at 7 from Toronto. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. With SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Also, best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS, all caps, all one word, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Big thanks again to Doug Smith for coming on, giving us a Toronto spec perspective on what's going to happen tomorrow night. Should be a fun one. Uh, again, the home team sometimes doesn't go as planned during these ceremonies because of all the distractions. Let's see if the Pelicans can spoil it tomorrow night in Toronto. We'll talk to you on Wednesday from Toronto. Full recap with Joel Myers, television voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we'll get you ready on Friday for the home opener against the Dallas Mavericks. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Monday, everyone.